The Weekend Sports Buzz is brought to you by Louisville Combat Academy. Located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. They offer adults, jiu-jitsu classes, kids classes, uh, women's self-defense classes. A.J. Jenkins and the Fergusons and Brandon Bishop and all those guys over there at Louisville Combat Academy do a great job for not only people who want to get inside the cage and, and fight in mixed martial arts, but also if anyone wants to go in just to stay in shape, maybe learn something. Doesn't matter what age you're at, if you're a kid or middle age or older, Louisville Combat Academy can help you with that. I encourage you to reach out to Louisville Combat Academy, get into some martial arts classes. What are some of your takeaways from this weekend, Kelly? Just overall. Sports in the world of sports, yeah. Errol Spence Jr. dominated Mikey Garcia I last mean, night. Mostly college basketball. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. 147 pound yeah, welterweight uh, fight last uh-huh. night. Errol Spence Jr. dominated. Uh, Errol Spence Jr.'s undefeated guy from New York. Probably the biggest star right in that division, certainly. But in the world of college basketball, Kentucky lost. Yeah. Reed Travis's second game back. And I don't know. Maybe there, maybe there they're, some, maybe they're better off without him. There were some. <laughs> I don't think I don't know about that. You, you laugh. There were some really good games this week, and I thought the North Carolina Duke game was probably the best game I've seen all year. The Tennessee Kentucky game was really good. It, it did slow down in the second half. Some of that due to the refs, but UK had a big lead with how many three three minutes left? What were they up, Chris? Eight eight or eight nine. points? Yeah, you still have to close that out. Even if the refs are, um, you know, the calls aren't going your way. What are you laughing at, Steve? We were were talking about your dancing skills. You're not laughing at that. I'm trying to figure out what you're laughing at. Are you laughing at Kentucky fans blaming the loss on the refs? Is that what you're laughing at? Um, Is that what they're doing? It's kind of, I understand being a a fan of a team that, any fan of any prominent team will get screwed over by the refs. I do think Kentucky gets um, a good whistle majority of the year consistently year after year because because of where they play. And there's a couple teams like that, right? Duke, um, at Cameron, Kansas, UK. I think the, the majority of the time they get a good whistle. Anytime, anytime there's a loss, anytime there's a loss, and the team talks at all about the refs, the rival We'll say, oh, give me a break, regardless of what happened. I'll give our, our, our producer, Chris, longtime producer, Chris Embry, credit. He's not feeling the best this morning, but he still came in. Kentucky lost. Chris, you came in. You didn't want to not come in the morning after a loss because you knew we'd talk crap about you. That's right. You guys will uh, throw me under the bus. And, oh, we'll uh, halfway throw you under the bus. Doc, that goes for you, too. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll throw either of you guys under. Right, Steve? Yep. We will th- happily throw you under the bus. In all seriousness, Chris, you watched the game. Yeah. Uh, Did the refs impact it that much for the Kentucky Wildcats? You can never um, – well, I mean, refs do impact the game. Oh, they yeah, do. yeah. That's, that's undeniable. But um, no, the Kentucky team, they, they fell apart at the end. Okay. It, it's – I'm not putting that on refs. There was bad calls both ways like any game. But they didn't take care of business, right? So, what's the what are the problems? Cuz just last week, this Kentucky team was looking really good. How, how devastating is this loss in I don't, the not SEC de- not tournament? Not devastating at all. I, I don't th- th- I think 
there's two separate categories. Teams that are going to get the one seed once the tournament starts, and then teams that are probably that we view as the top four best teams going into the ter- tournament, and I think Kentucky's in, in that group. Right, and I think one of the problems, I, everybody's focused on the you know the brackets coming out and what they're going to be seeded. Six o'clock p.m. tonight. W- one of the things I'm worried about is the overall record between John Calipari and uh, the Tennessee coach. John Calipari is sitting at four and six against uh, Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes. Wow. Uh, okay. And Rick. Oh, whoa! Rick Barnes owns Calipari. Oh, right, Steve. Sure. I mean, he's a good coach. He he hasn't done much in the postseason. He hasn't. That, that's his the narrative. It's funny, yeah. depending on what narrative you're trying to spin. Uh, he had Kevin Durant, and I don't even think they, they didn't even make the tournament. I think they made the tournament. but They, they got didn't. knocked out in the first round, maybe. It was early, yeah. Um, and then Durant left for the NBA. Imagine that, right? <laughs> he jumped yeah. to a better team. Exactly. Was that one of the, one of the first – Years of the first of the one and done rule. I don't know. You know, uh, we'll always look back on this period as, in my opinion, as when when did the who was the last guy drafted? I think Andrew Bynum, maybe straight out of high school, somewhere along those lines. Dwight Howard, maybe Dwight Howard, those type guys. I think Andrew Bynum also. Okay, so we'll look at that. Remember back when they required players to to play a year in college, right? Because that's what's what's the updated rule coming well, up? Well, it's going to be I think in uh, twenty twenty one or twenty two. Uh, it's going to be you can go to the NBA straight out of high school. Okay, so you're going to have players reclassifying, trying to get into college for one year to build a brand, then go in when they would normally go in the draft anyway. You're going to have a lot of of that, but. We'll look back and we'll say guys like Kevin Durant or Romeo Lankford went to college, didn't have a lot of success. Ben Simmons. Yes. That name will surface when we talk about guys who go to college for a year. Ben Simmons is an extreme example because he really uh, didn't do anything. His team didn't. Then after the fact, he completely threw LSU under the bus. And he said he never met one person he considered his friend while he was in college. Yeah, he really – that, that never <laughs> seems to, to help your cause. What, I can go off into a million different directions. Good morning, Doc. How are you? I'm doing all right this morning. How are you guys doing? Good. Thoughts on the U.K. loss. Um, Chris said Kentucky lost. Wasn't because of the refs. Are you on board with that, or would you like to blame the refs? Now's your Now's your time. I'd like to go on record always blaming the refs. Okay. <laughs> At least he's consistent. At least right? he's consistent, yes. I think Kentucky's had kind of a rough draw with refs this year. Okay. Uh, look at. If, would anyone disagree the refs did not play a big role in the LSU game earlier? Than, oh, they did, yeah. Big time. And that, that could have been a big momentum shift for Kentucky as well. We ended up beating Tennessee later that week, but that, that was still uh, – that was certainly the refs. I don't think – the game last night was a good comparison to that. But uh, Kentucky's still a two-seed going in the tournament, definitely. I don't think that changes. Uh, I I think they're looking past this loss already, at least I am. Uh, Going to pretend it didn't happen and look forward to the tournament coming up. Kentucky's won a lot of SEC tournaments. That's not re- what really appeases the fan base. You know what I mean? Right. What matters is they, what, they hang their ninth banner? That's it. 
They they have eight, right? Yep. If they get nine, that's what the Kentucky fan base really cares about. So losing to Rick Barnes in Tennessee in the SEC tournament isn't fun. The fan base doesn't like it, but minimally making a Final Four. Yeah, I think minimally all... making a Final Four is what what the expectation is from this point forward. That's make right. the Final Four, get knocked out after you make the Final Four. That's all right. The fan base will be okay. Am I wrong? I think we'd rather have. NCAA victories over SEC victories, but it's still SEC tournament victories, still like the appetizer we're expecting when we go to the restaurant. And this time the waiter spit in it. The waiter spit in it. <laughs> I like the analogy. I do. I like that. I, I do think the major, you, majority of fans, I think, like Kentucky's chances more than Tennessee's chances so going into the tournament, right? Are you saying the waiter is the ref? The waiter's the one that's. Is that what you're it? saying? Is that, that Doug Stowe? <laughs> Show. Show. I'm sorry. Doug Show. There's so many of them, Kelly. I don't know their names until I hear about them. If you know their names. You if you know their names, you hate them. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you want to be a ref? It's... Even in MMA, it, it, it seems like a, a thankless. I mean, Herb Dean had a, a, a questionable stoppage with Lawler and Askren. The only ref I can think of everyone knows the name of and does not dislike is uh, Big John McCarthy. If you were a ref. But even he's had some questionable stuff. I mean, that, yeah. it's inevitable. You can't get around that. Do, do, What's that? But do fans dislike him or majority? No, if there's like such him? thing. Herb Dean is, is in that same vein, he, I'd he, say. I'd say so as well. Steve? Uh, yeah. It's a it's a tough job. Do we blame um, Tim Donahue for gambling on the game? <laughs> no, you no, know? no. He's you can't blame him at all. Yeah, I mean you that's know, the best one. You have fans yelling at you. Why I not? like how Colin Coward has had him on a show repeatedly over the years since he came out. For those of our listeners who don't know, Tim Donahue yeah. is the referee who refed in the NBA for years and then came out. Yeah, I think he did some time in prison. Yeah. Because he was gambling on games and then that's throwing right. games, admittedly right. impacting the outcome of games. So it has happened. He alleges, though, he never threw a game he ref that he bet on, though. He uh, it. Come on. That's so, BS. If you go back and watch some of those Kings-Lakers games, they're, they're egregious. You know what he would always do, which cracks me up, is he would always sing, okay, I want this the Trailblazers to lose tonight. Well, I'll make it look like it's all Rasheed Wallace's fault. Or, much, you know, yeah. a lot of players like that. I mean, you got to scapegoat. If you're smart, you're like, this guy's a hothead. I'll get him all riled up, maybe talk a little crap to him, get him real mad, throw him out at the worst time. Uh, Allen Iverson. Yeah, Allen Iverson. There's some questionable ones there. So it has happened. I'm not, I'm not suggesting there's never been collusion among referees. I don't know. Do you guys think that there's anything going on like that right now in college basketball in the I SEC? I, I don't think it's just the SEC. I mean, look, if you're paying players um, under the table and acting like you're not doing that. Okay, so that's a good point <laughs> because the force that is the NCAA, the premise of the games – I mean, let's not – did Georgia Tech just come out that they were paying players? I think. Okay, yeah. so every team's paying players, right? Does anyone in here – we got four people in here. Does anyone disagree <clears throat> with that? I don't think so. Did you see that – Nike flew somebody from China to to help fit Zion's <laughs> to build him a to shoe build personally his specific shoe. I, I find that that's just insane. I mean, right? How is good, that good not for a him? Though? Extra I mean, benefit. At right? least he has shoes that fit now. You know, you don't want to play in <laughs> basketball shoes that aren't comfortable. 
You know you are getting the royal treatment when you get hey, somebody that comes out Duke and molds your foot. Synonymous with uh, Nike, right? Duke, Nike. Yes, come Coach on. Coach K, they all go hand in and hand. And somehow Nike wasn't caught up in all this scandal, right? Nike's been pretty good. Adidas, about, yeah, Adidas is, is not good. I don't know. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man... Brian the Insider is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Brian? I'm doing great, gentlemen. First of all, let me wish you fellas and all your listeners a happy St. Patrick's Day. I tell you what, this is one of the greatest days of the year. You got big plans for St. Patrick's Day, Brian? And do you have any Irish lineage in your family? 100% Irish. My mother's a hoolahan. Both uh, families trace back uh, two generations. Uh, both grandparents trace back to Ireland. So, yep, uh, very, very much Irish, very proud of it, and uh, uh, love my Irish heritage. And, yeah, my wife and I are going with a client to uh, a dinner tonight and then uh, for drinks afterwards. So uh, I look to be celebrating St. Patrick's Day through Wednesday. Okay. No, I'm kidding about that. But, uh, <laughs> Hey guys, hey, I got the, I got some hot insider news here. Very reliable source is telling me that uh, Kentucky is not going to be going to Columbus and to the Yum Center, uh, which was widely speculated for a long time, saying that the loss kicks them out and it's going to be Tennessee at the Yum Center. Um, I still think there's a great shot Kentucky gets both those venues just because. Uh, the NCAA loves to have arenas packed, and boy, if you go to Columbus, there'll be a lot of Cats fans there, and it, we know what happens when the Cats go to the Yum Center, so uh, that's going to really be interesting to see, so I, I'll, after I hang up, I'll listen to hear you guys speculate about that, but I'm hearing from a very reliable source that that loss yesterday is uh, really put a monkey wrench in the plans for uh, Blue Nation going up to Columbia accessible Columbus, and then very, very easy Yum Center. Hey, guys, I want to talk a little bit this morning about the Kentucky Derby. We're, we just finished, uh, for, excuse me, pretty much the last of the 50-point races yesterday, and we've got the most unusual development going on in horse racing that I can ever remember. Uh, I mentioned here a couple weeks ago that San Anita Park had 22 equine deaths since December 26, which is outrageous. Uh, so they closed the track uh, at Santa Anita, which really put a monkey wrench. And don't forget, guys, that's where the Derby winner has been coming consistently out of Bob Baffert's barn. So uh, Baffert's sitting with the two top Derby horses. So that track, the San Felipe, was canceled, uh, not just postponed, canceled. And, uh, and they tried to figure out what's going on. And then in a very surprising move uh, this week, uh, Stronage International said that they will no longer allow race day medication at Santa Anita or Golden Gate, two tracks they own in California, ever again. Uh, so they announced last night that Santa Anita will open back on March 29th, and they're going to have this ban. Uh, they clarified a little bit. The ban's going to start with this year's two-year-old crop, so it will not impact uh, this year uh, at all. But, man, I tell you what, guys, that has really got the horse racing industry uh, really set uh, a buzz because 
every horse, every derby winner uh, in, in the last, I don't know how many years, has run on LASIK. So uh, the, the rest of the world does not run on LASIK. So it's been a, uh, and Congress has even threatened recently this year to get involved and go to the no LASIK ban. Uh, now, I will say this in defense of American racing, we count equine deaths differently than the rest of the country. Uh, I'm sorry, the rest of the world. So we allow 72 hours from the time the horse is injured on the track. If that horse dies uh, within 72 hours, it's, it's counted as a uh, track death. In Europe and the rest of the world, the horse has to die immediately on the track. So a lot of people really don't think this, uh, the fatalities uh, have anything to do with Lasix, and it's a big overreaction. So, guys, you got to keep your eye on that story. It's really going to change American racing. But uh, just really wanted to talk about uh, what happened yesterday. So the horses, Baffert's two horses, had to ship to Oaklawn, where they ran the 58th and 59th running of the Rebel Stakes. First time ever they had to split the division in two. So Baffert sent the number one and two horses, including last year's a juvenile winner, game winner out there. They both ran great, but they both finished second. Omaha Beach won in one of the divisions, and Long Range Toddy uh, was a big upset in the other one. So, you know, really don't know. With the, uh, both of those horses ran good, so Baffert still will be very well, uh, you know, regarded going into this year's Derby. But, guys, I wish I had a real Derby favorite for you. Uh, next week starts the 100-point races, the Louisiana Derby, and then uh, two weeks we've got more, and then three weeks is the real big day, uh, what we call Super Saturday in horse racing, where the wood and the, the bluegrass will be run. So, guys, it's heating up. It's getting very close, and a lot of quietness around this year's Derby because nobody really knows, and the Santa Anita thing has really thrown it into a real jinx. So uh, stay tuned. Uh, hopefully I'll have some uh, a top-10 horse racing list as early as next week, but, uh, boy, I don't know where to go. Bill Mott's got a couple nice horses, and uh, he's usually not a player in the three-year-old division. So uh, uh, me, for one, I like Bob Baffert. I think he's good for horse racing, but I sure would appreciate a different uh, a different winner uh, this year. So that's what I got, guys. But all eyes are on Selection Sunday. Uh, you know, one thing I keep seeing out on the Louisville Cardinals is that they're going to play uh, – Minnesota, and I don't like that. I mean, keep perpetuating this Patino deal with Louisville. Another slap in the face. Another thing I don't want to see is an early round, second round Louisville Kentucky matchup. You know, historically that they never had those until if they happen to meet earlier. So, love to hear what you guys think about that. But I've seen a couple uh, mock selection Sunday uh, brackets that show Kentucky and Louisville playing as early as the second round. Don't want to see that personally, and I don't want to see uh, little Ricky against the Cardinals. But uh, I think the Cardinals got a shot to win one game. I'd be surprised if they win two. I still think the Cats have got a great shot to win it all. Uh, you know, uh, the ACC got a lot of buzz uh, with Zion coming back. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. He does look like the best player in the country. I just don't know they've got enough depth. And, but uh, he's changed Duke's team around a lot. Um, one quick note on the Kentucky game. I would have rather seen Tra- Travis Reed come off the bench again. I liked having the rim protectors in there, and uh, I'd rather see him come off the bench as he did. So uh, I don't think that had any reason to do with why they lost, but going into it, I would rather see one of the big guys 
start for Kentucky. So love to hear your comments on that. But uh, really want to hear where you guys think the Cats are going to end up because I know Big Blue Nation is waiting on pins and needles to start getting hotel rooms and buying tickets. And for the last two or three weeks, it looked like a sure pass from Columbus right down over to the Yum Center. And now that seems to be in jeopardy. So love to hear what you say. Thank, guys, thanks for having me on the show. I'll hang up and listen. And don't forget to get out and celebrate St. Patrick's Day today, guys. Great stuff, as always, from our man Brian the Insider. It is Selection Sunday today and St. Patrick's Day. And, as Brian was just discussing, it sounds like PETA, I'm going to go ahead and credit it to PETA, is trying to take down the horse racing industry. You hear those, you know, I don't follow it as closely as our man Brian the Insider, but it sounds like they're tracking horse deaths. and I mean, it's only a matter of time, right, before PETA and people like that really shut down horse racing, right? Maybe. I think they shut down uh, greyhound races, right? The, the dog racing, I think that's... Is that kind of extinct now? Yes. In the United States, I'm pretty sure. Has anyone that... in here ever been to a dog race? Yeah, I went to... Have you, Chris? Yeah, it was in... Let's see, I was about 16. We went to Florida. Um... You know, it wasn't – we, we came in for a couple hours, and, uh, you know, I wasn't really into it very much. But, I mean, it was cool. They Did had you put the, some money on one of the dogs? I was too young. I I was just watching, really. Okay, 16. Yeah. Okay, I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz this morning. Next segment, we're going to have Chewy in from uh, uh, Local Gym. going to talk about his YouTube channel and uh, Derby City MMA. We're, we're going to get to um, that and more. If you have calls, you want to contribute to the show, talk about Selection Sunday, or tell us maybe, I don't know, a funny St. Patrick's Day story, we'd love to hear from you. But please hold your calls. This next segment, we'll, we'll, we'll have an MMA and Jiu-Jitsu guest in studio with us. So please wait till the later on in the show to, to call in. We would love to hear from you. Be sure to stay tuned. We'll be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, The Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside Steve Driver. I want to welcome in studio with us today, we have Nick Albin. What's going on, brother? Also known as Chewy. Chewy, yeah. little backstory. Tell us, what, what, where's Chewy come from? When I was uh, training jiu-jitsu originally, I was... Um, in jiu-jitsu, we, there's a term that we call it the the young guys that get into it that are crazy, spaz, right? Like, you're just nuts. Sure. I, I was That's kind of uh, inevitable at the beginning for some. Very much so, but I was also a wrestler, so I was like a strong kid. I had wrestled before, and I was crazy. Like, it, it was um, just nuts to roll with me. And then so one of my guys, one of my training partners who was better than me, right, I was training with him, and one day he called me a big, dumb Wookiee. Big, dumb Wookiee became Chewbacca, then he became okay. Chewy. It was not meant to be a nice term. It was like kind of like in lieu of you big idiot, and then they just sort of, it just stuck. You know, so Chewy is what it, it boiled down to. Okay. I said prior to the interview this morning, mm. Chewy, that we have 12 to 13 minutes. Yeah. And for people who know who you are locally and across the country and really across the world, they know that you... You are a talker. I talk a bit, yeah. So if we're going to focus in on what you do, you you have a YouTube channel. I looked at it as 180,000 followers. Is that a... No, it's like at 100, I think, 40-something right now. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, 
Uh, it, that's I, nothing. I, never mind then. No, that, in all seriousness, that you have a significant um, presence, not just locally, but across the, the country and across the world. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you, you make these YouTube videos, you have an Instagram feed where people watch, they're engaged with you. And what you do is you provide insight into the world of training jujitsu, a specific niche. And people ask you questions. And, and what would you, you credit your specific success to? How have you grown? Uh, when did you, you start out, actually, also, when did you start out with this idea of a YouTube channel and a presence specifically for giving people guidance in the world of training jiu-jitsu? I never went into it with specific guidance. So what I did was is I started creating videos on YouTube to help my guys. How long ago um, was that? Mm, you know, probably with some regularity, 2004, about 2014, 2015. Yep. And I was making videos of the techniques that we were working on in class. And then I started to make drilling videos because drilling in jiu-jitsu is really important. Get a lot of reps in. And so when I started doing those, those were for my students. And then along the way, people started asking me questions because they would watch the drilling videos and the technique videos. And they'd say, hey, man, well, what do you think about this? And I was reluctant at first to answer those questions. You know, I was like, I don't you know, who might answer your questions? But then they kept coming. So I was like, well, here, I'll just play around with it. I'll answer this question. And I think the success came from simply just focusing not on like ain't about me i'm not focusing on like chewy it's a focusing on about that person's problem or what they're asking and focusing on serving them helping them out just like the gym the gym's grown we have a, a huge gym um and it's grown from not simply just about being about the gym being about the business but when people come in genuinely serving them to the best of your abilities okay i think that's where that's that's come from before we move past that, tell our, our listeners, if you could, what, what's the Derby City MMA, uh, what's the address, and it, my summary, actually, of the, the mission statement for your gym is you guys are very open. Anybody can really pop in. If they're in from out of town, you don't. Tra- I don't think you charge mat fees. I don't like mat fees, no. I mean, if they, I tell them all the time, it's like, if you really had, the, like, a, you had a great experience and you'd love to support the gym, buy a t-shirt. But otherwise, I don't want to charge a mat fee to an out-of-towner just because it's like, you know, you're out of town. You're going to be here for a day. Home away from home. Have a good place to train. You know. What's the address of the gym? 8021 Dixie Highway, Suite 102. It's Derby City Mixed Martial Arts. We're also connected to uh, Derby City Strength Conditioning where we specialize in like Olympic weightlifting and powerlifting, that kind of stuff. So, Ideal customer for your gym, ideal person to sign up and train with you would be? Is there is there a specific type of person that you're looking for, or it's it's a trait? So we have people from. I mean, we've got women, kids, men. We've got guys that fight. We've got guys that just train, right? We ninety percent of the member base are just regular people, but we have ten percent that fight and compete and all that stuff. But it's the trait that they share, which is they're ready to train. They're ready to push themselves, you know, because that's what we do. You know, regardless of whether or not you're just a regular person, we're going to push you and make you stronger, both mentally, physically, everything else. And so as long as you're ready to sweat, work out, you're ready to push yourself, you're you're ready to, like, leave all that stuff that you have with you, leave it out there. So when you come into the gym, you're ready to just push yourself with your brothers and sisters on the mat, then that's it. How often do you guys wear the gi at your your gym? usually about three days a week okay um and then three is typically nogi and it depends depends on what kind of competitions are coming up when okay. we focus on nogi the nogi goes up and we focus on the gi goes up so i've trained at your gym one time mm-hmm. doc producer doc was actually in there with me you and i rolled that, that's the first time we met in person that's the first time we met in person oh, was wow. it an open mat of yours no kidding and uh we uh. got a nice picture of everybody there and what i noticed about your gym was it was a very open well, I got to roll with you. Yeah, we rolled a little bit. Yeah, um, and it was a very welcoming, open environment. You were like, you're welcome to the gym. I'll roll with you. 
We had a nice role. You know, that that was the aura that I got from your gym. As it should be, right? You know, I mean, why, why be weird or closed off? Okay. Um, HRMMA, I'm fortunate to do the commentary for. This last event in Bowling Green. Yeah. Our producer, Doc Parks, had a fight. He won via rear naked choke. Shout out. Um, main event in that card <laughs> yeah. was Randy Jones. He, mm-hmm. he won. Big he knockout. He did. And you know what's funny is his shoulder was out of place. Because he was training, and just about oh, two weeks before, he messed up his shoulder. That's why when he got up, you saw him, he slapped his left okay. shoulder. Because in that first jab, he, he threw it back out of place. And that's why he couldn't he couldn't throw a straight punch. So he was that's why he was throwing the body shots with the left hand because he, he's like I could throw left un, like an uppercut, but I couldn't throw a straight punch. So that one was like man, like what a monster! He went in there with like a dislocated shoulder kind of thing and was out there just doing the damn thing. So I was proud of him. You know that was especially big for that reason. You know. So you guys have Brazilian jiu-jitsu classes. You also have like Muay Thai kickboxing or specifically boxing classes or wrestling classes. What kind of a schedule do you guys have? So we have jiu-jitsu. We have, um, you know, nogi jiu-jitsu. We do um, some mixed martial arts. We do traditional boxing. Um, Our kickboxing coach, uh, he does like a San Shao, which is like kickboxing, but there's like throws incorporated into it as well. Um, And then we do, like I said, we have a connection to a gym. So like my uh, business partner that owns the gym with me, he's like doing Olympic weightlifting. Like he went to a competition and he can like squat over his head like 300 pounds. Just it's nuts. Um, Like snatches and stuff like that. And uh, so we do that as well. We combine that all together into the gym. So we do the strength conditioning and then all along that with the combat sports. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that we are on a, a time crunch, so I'm trying to make sure. Yeah, no, I understand. Because we could go off and Danny. I started training jujitsu in May of 2016. Yeah. I have been. I started at age 32. Everybody's journey is very different, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Um, what is the oldest story you've had someone come in, start jujitsu, and stick with it that you've seen? I mean, stick with it. It depends on that person, because you know some people stick with it for a little bit, and then they, you know, they have to life takes them away, but. Um, I mean, I've had guys as old as like 63. I had this one guy named Larry. He was 63 years old. And I remember one day we had this, uh, this young tough guy, right? Air quotes, tough guy coming to the gym who thought he was going to be a fighter and all this stuff. It's it's a cute thing. They, They come in, they think they want to, but then when things get tough, they don't necessarily deal with it well. So he comes in one day and he's like talking about this big, strong, tough guy. Oh, I'm going to fight, whatever. He rolls with Larry, this old gray-haired, 63-year-old guy who like just puts it on him, beats the brakes off of him. Not in a bad way. He's just good. You know, he had more technique. And uh, afterwards, that dude was so mad. He was furious. He just like stormed out of the gym, you know. And I'm like, that kind of guy? That's that's not that's not our kind of guy. I don't want him there. To summarize Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, I would say a lot of the perception of people who fight would be tough guy, uh, you know, a certain look. Yeah. Um, but in reality, now that I've gotten into it, I'm coming up on three years of actually training. Mm-hmm. In a way, I, I've always said, now I feel like I'm less likely to get into a fight on the street than I was before. Very much so. Less convinced of me being a badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, in a nutshell, that's how I would describe the actual part of getting into training versus the perception. Thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, there's always a perception. People come in sometimes and they're like shaking, scared, nervous because they're thinking, oh, mixed martial arts gym, jiu-jitsu gym, whatever. It's going to be all these big tough guys, whatever. And then they come in and they find this really inviting place where people kind of come in because the thing is, is even the guys that like Randy, you know, like guys like, you know, he's a, he's a good dude. He's a father and, he, you know, he, he's doing his thing. When those kind of, when new people come in, those guys don't beat them up. 
they say, hey, man, like, let me build you up a little bit so this way I get another training partner. And that's the idea is like that we build ourselves up so that we can reach down and we can pull people up with us. And that's the way that it works because the only reason that we got better was because someone said, hey, let me help you out and pull you up with me. And so it just kind of works. As people get better, then the other ones pull them up, and then we just kind of continue that cycle. Okay. Doc? <laughs> Real quick, I just want to shout out Kevon from them last fights. Yeah. I've never seen someone with so much energy. I loved it. He oh, was, he's fun. Oh, man. He was uh, really nice to us as well. It was he, he made it very entertaining backstage. Oh, man, Kevin's fun, man. He, he, yeah, you're right. He gets hype. He's fun. He's fun to be around. I love Kevin. I, I saw a, a clip of a recent, I believe it was a Muay Thai fight that he had. Mm-hmm. I think oh, he's a purple belt. Yeah, he's a purple belt. In yeah. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, but he's been focusing on Muay Thai lately. I watched a video, and he won via knockout, Yeah, he just, and he's looking really good. We, we laughed because uh, my girlfriend watched it, and Kevin's got, he's got really weird timing with his punches, and they're very fast. And I remember he was he went in there and did this uh, this Muay Thai bout, and he basically just went across the ring like blitzed the guy would just just punch it. Yeah, that didn't look fun to be that other guy. It didn't. No, and I've 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 caught some punches from Kevin, and they're not fun to be hit by. Um, and I remember my girlfriend watched it, and she goes, w- "Was this like a kickboxing or a boxing match?" I was like, "It was a kickboxing match," but he just the punches were there, so you know why why stop it? So he just went through and he won a really quick first round uh, TKO. I think you had an open mat yesterday. Was it your birthday? No, that was last weekend. So my birthday okay. was Wednesday, and we did an open mat then, and then we were, uh, have some guys competing at the Pans, and so okay. we were doing a little bit of uh, training for that, and so we just opened up big training session. We had a bunch of guys you know, come in and train and had a good time. So Anything on the horizon for your gym that you're looking forward to? Any upcoming open mats? Oh, there's always so much stuff. There uh, is. You're, you're, you're a busy man. Yeah, there's so much stuff, and I, I, you, for me, like a lot of times, like there's a, there's a million things going on, and it's like... I'll grab this one and make it happen. But um, we have some guys competing in some tournaments and things like that. Um, we're probably going to do a uh, like a jujitsu camp sometime in the summer, um, or maybe the like the late summer, early fall, um, and some things like that. But nothing nothing too crazy yet. So it's still kind of like sort of coming out to the surface. If any of our listeners wanted to check you out, how would they? Uh, Chu Jitsu. Yeah, you can put it in Chu Jitsu, C H E W J I T S U. You can put that into YouTube, Instagram, whatever you want to do. You can check it out there. Um, or you can check out the gym at Derby City MMA. Um, and you can look that up on Google or whatever you want to. And you can check us out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great stuff. Doc, anything else prior to wrapping up? There's so much, so many different directions. Me being a jiu-jitsu guy, I trained under Professor Scott Smith yeah. at Gracie Jiu-Jitsu of Kentucky, and I love it. Mm-hmm. It's so much fun. Um, why, most, do you, why do you like it? I don't. It's humbling, mm-hmm. I guess. You start out, and you, you, I started at age 32. I didn't really think I was that tough, to be honest. Right, I don't right. think I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I don't mind getting my ass kicked. Yeah, see, and there, there's it, the trait. Okay, so that's the one recurring. I've never broken a bone either, so I'm kind of naturally kind of sturdy. But be, I think that helps. You'd be fine though. Like that, like that, that was like the. I started saying this on the channel, like embrace the suck, right? That's what your shirt says. Yeah, yeah, right. And so that was because, like, when you when you go into something, if you I mean you have to be able to embrace the, it's the necessary kind of sucky quality about it. Like when you go in and train in the beginning, you suck at it. You're not very good. You're getting smashed. You're you're unsure what to do, but you keep going through that, and eventually you kind of get better at it. You know, and that's the same sort of like trend that you do for anything that you want to get better. Yeah. At. You know, hell, even I'm sure doing this stuff, like when you started talking on sure. the mic, like. Oh, like, you know, you just don't just say, and then you just go through it and you get better at it. It's a skill. And so it's just, that's that you have to be willing to embrace that kind of quality, the, the sort of suckiness of the beginning to get to where you want to be, you know? And so that's, that's true, whether it's on the mat or off the mat. So 
No, I, I absolutely love it. I want to thank you, uh, Nick Albin. Chewy, for coming in with us. Doc and I certainly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, we'll have to have you back in sometime soon. Thank you very much. I encourage everyone to stay tuned. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, The Big X. I'm Kelly Patrick alongside our Weekend Sports Buzz crew. We got Doc Parks, Chris Embry, Steve Driver. It is St. Patrick's Day and Selection Sunday. Yeah. You know, a lot of big parties going on today. Two reasons to drink. Two reasons to drink. I want to know how many of our listeners are drinking already. (laughs) We know the Kentucky fans are. Well, I don't need a special day to drink, Kelly. I casually have a couple beers in the evening. You know, it doesn't take a a silly uh, leprechaun holiday. How many days a week do you drink, Steve? Do you honestly want to know? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Every single day of the week. Okay. Appreciate your honesty. Um, hey, I was watching college basketball yesterday. I don't know if you noticed this or if you were watching, but that uh, that bigger guy on Duke, um, number one, Zion. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's pretty good. <laughs> I haven't heard anything about him, yeah. except that he's 6'7", 350, 350, and he can dunk from the three-point line. Yeah, and, right? he, and he gets uh, Nike to mold his feet for special shoes. Is it accurate to say he can dunk from further out than anybody ever in the history of basketball? I, yes. Maybe, I don't know. Despite yeah. being 6'7", what, 285 or something crazy? Is yeah. that how big he is? Yeah. yeah. and He can he, dunk further from further out than anyone ever? I don't know if I even believe that. Is he the best college player you've ever seen? No. I don't no, know. Doc, no. Doc looks like maybe he thinks he, he is. I, I kind of think he is. Who's, who's, who do you think is better? Yeah, really. I mean, he's putting up. Anthony God. Davis well, yeah, was real good. He didn't put up the gaudy numbers like this, right? Is Chris? that what it's all about to you, Steve? Well, part of it is. Is that, is yeah, that what it's? Sure. Is it, it numbers? Anthony Davis hmm? uh, team. A- Anthony Davis led team also only lost two games. Duke's. Got five. Now, I know but he wasn't they lost in three when he was hurt. Right. I think Anthony Davis was fourth on his team in field goals attempted. So, I mean, <laughs> pump the brakes with the numbers thing, okay? He didn't shoot it when he didn't have to. Now, with some of those UCLA teams back in the. Yeah, 60s. there was no parity whatsoever. Is, this in guy is eras, offensive, right? should be defensive player of the year. Um, He's the best. He had that game the other day where he didn't miss a field goal, he was like 13 for 13. Yeah. I think he's definitely up there. And look, he takes so much pressure off of the other guys on Duke's team also. Uh RJ Barrett is not the same player when yep. when he's not when uh you know, Zion's not playing. And they didn't, I don't think they had any bench points yesterday. Right. That which, that which is, is just unbelievable. That's a recipe for a an upset. I agree with me. you. I agree with you there, but I've kind of thought that all year long that Duke wasn't as good as we thought they were, but Zion, it seems like Zion makes up for that. Yeah, he is the uh, most potent player I've seen in, I don't know, probably 20 years, really. I mean, the guy is unreal. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. Louisville Combat Academy. 
is located at 10105 Dixie Highway, Louisville, Kentucky, 40272. They offer martial arts classes for everyone of all ages. We encourage you to check them out. There's some conference championship games today, okay? Of significance, Chris is smiling, but number 22, Auburn, does play number 8, Tennessee. I don't know if you, Doc and Chris, I don't know if you guys saw this. Tennessee, Nobody. Tennessee's playing today at 1 p.m. for the SEC championship. Nobody cares about um, that. Bruce Pearl and, 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 right? Yeah. And Rick Barnes. I'm pulling for all prolific coaching names squaring off against each other. If we dive into that matchup, Bruce Pearl against his his ex team. Yeah, a good storyline there. You guys worried about that storyline, Doc and Chris? Are you guys real tied up in that? Emotionally uh, invested in that story? You kept me up last night. (laughs) Like, how's Bruce Pearl going to do? He has to remember when he painted his body in orange and he crowd surfed. Right. And he's going against these the volunteers. Well, you also had uh, – well, I wanted to tell you last night, uh, Kansas also got beat. Uh, not only did they not win the regular season Big 12 title, they didn't win the Big 12 championship. Uh, yeah, and I think it's first time since 2004 that they haven't had a share of the Big of the uh, Big 12. That's right. Uh, and he's got the FBI waiting for him at the end of the year. So uh, Some some guys are bulletproof, Chris. Have yeah. Have seen that? I um, mean, look. I'll tell you who's not bulletproof. And we need to create a bell. Anytime we hear the name Patino on our show, ding, 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 ding. If you can get on that, Doc. But we already heard it. I mean, Brian the Insider mentioned Richard Patino. Yeah. I don't think Rick Patino's bulletproof. Yes, he is. Teflon Don, you think? Yeah, I mean, was what's he been busted for? He's, he's still he's gonna fired. get paid, it looks like, for still gonna his get contract, paid. right? I mean I do have something for Rick Patino, actually. You've got a uh sound bite? Yeah, I do. Here we go. Let's hear that. Invest all that money into crack cocaine and tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well he does That's have a about tattoo. Right. He does have a tattoo. Uh, yeah. I don't know that he's into crack cocaine. I, yeah, I don't think so. Probably but not. You never know. Well, hey. You don't know these days. That's Anybody true. can be into crack. <laughs> right, Steve? That makes me think of something yeah. else. Right? Anybody. You don't know. Let's not assume anything. <laughs> you can wake up and just turn into a crack. Yeah, day. one day you're doing fine. Next thing you know, you're on crack. Speaking <laughs> of uh, crack, did you guys see that Johnny Menzel signed with the AAF? Signed, did, a, signed a deal with the AAF? Didn't he get cut from a Canadian League team? Is that right? Yeah. But this is exciting for the – I'd watch an AAF game if Johnny Menzel starting. What team do you go for? Cause I would He's too. going to the – I think it's Mike Singletary's team, the Express or Memphis nice. Express. Yeah. I like Singletary. Yeah. I Obviously, he was a great player, but a super intense coach. Yeah. Another conference championship game is today at 3.15 p.m. on ESPN. Cincinnati and Houston. That should be a good one. Yeah, it should. Houston's favored by five. In the American Athletic Conference Championship, we have Michigan and Michigan State yep. University Mc- uh, at 3.30 p.m. in the Big Ten Championship. 3.30, Michigan is favored by one, so that's a big game. It is a big game. Yes. A couple high seeds there. I think Houston, they have them projected as like a three seed. I could um, see them making some noise. That's- yeah, they could. Uh, Michigan always does well in the tournament. I guess Michigan State does too. Who's the? We got to figure out who we think is the highest um, seeded team to lose first. I'd like to. I mean, obviously last year you had Virginia losing I, yeah. to a sixteen, and they'll probably be a one seed again this year, right? So that's I, right. I bet 
you know, people would bet on them again, right? Maybe not first round. I could see Gonzaga getting but knocked their, off, too. Uh, Virginia's performance, what was it, Friday, was not impressive versus Florida State. And yeah. people kind of expecting that again. What teams are we, you know, most confident come tournament time? In my opinion, I like uh, North North Carolina, Kentucky. I, I'm rolling with those two, I think. Duke, Duke's up there for sure. Um, um, I think... Uh, you know, this might be the year Tennessee actually makes some noise in the tournament. Um, they have one of the best point guards in they the do. country, uh, and two of the you know one of the best uh, one-two punches down low with uh, Schofield and uh, uh, Grant Williams. So, uh, but they still haven't. You know you. You got to do something in the tournament before I put too much uh, into that team. But very true. Before all the commotion at LSU, I, I like their chances. But yeah. who you know, cares with, about the commotion? If we're in all seriousness, look. Well, you don't. Have if we talk about coach. any of these teams, Auburn. Listen to the teams who are playing today: Auburn, Michigan State. Every team has something. It seems right. Yeah. I don't know if you guys heard. Michigan State has a little bit of a scandal on their hands. I mean, I don't know that it's still going, but I mean. But LSU Everything here coach. is just completely swept under the rug. They, they suspended their coach. They don't have a coach. So LSU is in the in the heat of it. <laughs> but how many of these scandals are going to come and then just be swept under the rug, but, except for the Louisville Cardinals? That's That wasn't swept under the rug. But by the time of your next show, right. next Sunday, how many games will have already been played? I mean, we need to start make, getting our predictions going, you know? Oh, you're right. If we're going to make predictions. Who's, uh, who do we like? Who's a, uh, a Cinderella team that we have our eye on, you know? I think Buffalo has a chance to really make some noise also. Hurley? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I could see them um, – uh, what are they going to be? Probably a two or three seat. Well, not a two. They'll be a three or four probably. Um, and I could see them definitely making it at least to the Sweet 16. And what's your ex- expectations for Louisville, Kelly? I mean, would wow. You-, you know, I'd love to see Minnesota come and play, uh, you know. I mean, Brian the Insider didn't like that. And I think the reason Brian said he didn't like that is because he doesn't like them just continually playing that up. Yeah. <laughs> because they sit in a room and they're like, what's going to be the sexiest, most sensational matchups we can make? Storylines. Yeah. yeah, Rick Pitino against his former team. That's or Rick Jr., I mean, uh, you know. Right. As Brian calls him affectionately, Little Ricky. And if it's not Minnesota, it could be uh, Murray State. With uh, John uh, Moran, right? Yeah. So, um, Louisville's going to have a tough – they're going to have a tough time getting past the first game. I, I mean, obviously, I, we don't I know. agree with you. I wouldn't be completely surprised. You know, how many – every year we see teams get upset in the, in the first round. I don't think Louisville fans should be too surprised if that happens. Obviously, oh, no, no, your no, expectations I'm, should be higher. I think maybe win a game. Right. If you're a seven seed, don't you have to play the two seed in the yeah, second round? That's though? right. I mean, I, I I don't know if Louisville's a six or seven seed, but I mean, potentially playing the two seed in in the second game. Yeah, I mean, they could play. They've already played Tennessee, so they might not match them up with Tennessee as the one. There's no telling. Like the one seeds right now, as they sit, what are we talking? Virginia, Gonzaga, Duke, and I think Tennessee, say- right? 
Uh, Lenardi has North Carolina. Yeah, I saw that too. North Lenardi Carolina has... and Duke, both as one seeds. Uh, Virginia and uh, in the south and Gonzaga in the west. Well, <laughs> Buffalo and Ohio State are a 6 and 11 matching up in the first round in the Ohio west State, is what Lenardi's saying right joke. now. Yeah. Really? I don't think ACC deserves three number one seeds, actually. Um, as of right now, that's what Lenardi has. Right. And over the years, Lenardi's pretty accurate. Oh, yeah. Um, well, he's. How accurate. good is North Carolina, is my question. Right. I really like them. To I be think they're with good. You. Uh, they're I think very good. I, I like the well-balanced teams. I think they're they're well-balanced. They're deep, kind of like UK is. I think there's probably seven teams out there that can win it all. You got Duke, North Carolina, um, Kentucky, Tennessee, Gonzaga, and that's probably about. I mean, it. Villanova. I don't know if I named seven, but <laughs> yeah. It gets dicey after that, to be honest with you. A lot of people just, you know, don't put I just, I Virginia don't tr- in there. I don't trust Virginia very much, and I don't trust Tennessee as much. I mean, they're a different team this year, but their history, they haven't done much in the tournament. So, we'll see. Uh, Fairleigh Dickinson is who Virginia's matched up with in the first round. It's a number one versus number 16 seed. Uh, we don't think Virginia's going to lose in the first round again, do we? No. I don't no. think so. What if they did? That, what if they did? Well, they, what a horrible narrative for Tony Bennett would that be? Yeah, you seriously right. have it could to happen. Your style of play. Though. You really have to. You're the first team ever to be knocked out by a 16. Okay. You know, well, maybe we can write that off a little bit. And the consensus across the board is people have right. Right. They've and, kind of written that off, but in the back of his mind, I think Tony Bennett's. He's thinking, better not. Wow, a lot of pressure on this one. If it was to happen, I would be so happy for <laughs> for Lachlan McLean. I love that. Uh, oh yeah, that's his team. And, Are you not a Lachlan fan? Well, I mean, he's he plays the contrarian a his, lot. His shtick is just being a Kentucky hater, and you know, he's also a Louisville hater it, it a lot makes, of times. It, it makes yeah. a good radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lachlan and Sweeney are very good. Oh yeah, yeah. they're good. They are, and, and neither of them mind hold, wearing the hat of the contrarian. You know. Whether it be anti Louisville or anti Kentucky, I think that's good. I think uh, good conversation. That's why I like boxing, and then also MMA is because you can always talk about it, right? You can always say Muhammad Ali was the greatest heavyweight ever, and then someone will say Tyson was, and you're like, oh my god, are you crazy, right? So the more you can talk about sports, and I do think Sweeney and, and Lockwood, not just to suck up to the local personalities, uh, but in all seriousness, they do a very good job. Yeah. I, I just like uh, pulling against Virginia. Uh, because of that. I bet there's a lot of people in this area that are oh, because yeah. of Lachlan having, uh, you know, he's well, a Virginia guy. And a lot of Louisville fans don't like him because uh, Virginia has got Louisville's number also. And yeah. he rubs they it do, in. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, it's uh, it's the best day of the year for college fan, college basketball fans. And I'm excited to see the draw. Hopefully they do not get it leaked. Before the actual show, this is, is true. That happened. Uh, that happened last year. Right? Why do we care though? Why do we care? Well, I mean, the way they, uh, it, you want to build up uh, suspense, right? And the way they did it, they showed all the teams that were in uh, in alphabetic order. Well, that takes away all those Cinderellas that are hoping to get yep. an at large, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to see video of Indiana players sitting there. And the oh my God! Just on them. 
and you know they're crying. Yeah, that's what you want to see, Steve. No, you just threw that out there. But I mean, they're on the bubble right now, and they're probably—I don't know what Lenardi has them, but they're probably like one of the first four out, right? Very disturbing. Yeah, that's yeah what they're you not going to make it. Uh, and if you're Romeo Lankford, you got to be thinking, man, I should have went but to Louisville. We have we have seen some times where they put. Bad teams with uh, superstars on them, right? Like when. So you're saying Indiana might make it? I, I, there's a chance they you know, put Trey Young in. You know, you throw Duran in. Just these bad teams with good players on them. To sell, to sell, yeah. The the Indiana fan base is significant, so there would yeah. be eyeballs on it if they did. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. Give us a call. We would love to hear from you. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man Marcus is on the line with us. Oh, my goodness. What do you have for us this morning, Marcus? Well, first of all, I just wanted to point out what an excellent comparison you just made by saying how you can always talk about boxing. You know, in this town, you can always talk about college basketball. But that analogy with where you say, well, I think Muhammad Ali was the greatest, and somebody else says, well, I think it was Mike Dyson, and then you both say you must be crazy. Uh-huh. Anybody that even brings up the topic of, of Zion Williamson as the greatest or one of the greatest college basketball players of all time must be smoking some of that Rick Pitino crack. <laughs> I don't care what his statistics are. I, I don't care if his shoe exploded or anything like that. Uh, there's a thing called small sample size anomaly, and that's what you have right there. The kid's not even going to play 25 college basketball games, right? So how absurd is it to say he's one of the greatest college basketball players ever? First of all, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton, if they heard that, would literally crack themselves in laughter. You know, to compare this little punk kid to either one of them, is so far beyond absurd, you might as well be in orbit around Mars. Okay. Obviously, Bill Walton and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I think they both played three years of eligibility for UCLA, I believe, because at that time, freshmen could not play. Um, So, as far as overall numbers, I always default say Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, in my opinion, is the best basketball player ever. So, I won't argue with you on that. Um, Now... If Zion Williamson plays one season, what's your opinion on Anthony Davis? I'll ask that, Marcus, in his place historically. Because he did not put up big numbers, certainly not over a three-season career. But what he did was he played one season, and he was a good team player, and he blocked shots. He was doing things like blocking three-pointers. We hadn't seen really many people do what Anthony Davis did. And they won the title. Where does he rank in your opinion, Marcus? Nowhere. Okay. He's a one-season fluke. He played whatever it was, 40 games of college basketball, and he was a nice complimentary role player up until the tournament, and then he had a really nice run. That's it. Okay. That's nowhere. You can name 40 guys that did that. You know, Chris Jenkins had a better college career than Anthony Davis. Chris Jenkins hit the uh, national championship winning three-point shot. Okay. Had better statistics throughout his career. So, one one season flukes, one season little statistical anomalies have no place in an overall discussion as who's greatest among the greats. And just because somebody goes on to be an excellent, dominant pro player, one of the best of his generation, has no bearing on whether or not they were a dominant or great college player. Okay, Marcus, before we let you go, who is your choice to win it all 
in in uh, I guess I shouldn't say March. What is it? The game will be in April. Mm-hmm. So who's your choice to win it all, Marcus? Well, it won't be my team, Villanova. Yeah. Even though they won the Big East yesterday. Oh, and speaking of that, I heard you guys talking about, you know, big games today and this, that, and the other. Uh, how many people are on the selection committee? 20. It's between 20 and 30, right? Yeah. Do you know how many are still working today? Probably none. <laughs> they, 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 they leave two or three guys behind. The, the tournament field is already set and seated. Everybody goes home Saturday night or Sunday morning. They're all already gone from their meeting. And they leave the guys behind just in case there are teams playing in a conference championship game that will not get into the tournament unless they win. Okay. They've said for years that Sunday conference championship games have no bearing on anything. Nobody's watching those games except for the fans of those teams. They're utterly irrelevant. But every year when the thing comes out, Seth Davis and the other little whiny, whatever you want to call them, on the shows go, well, I don't understand, I don't understand, I don't understand. Well, of course you don't understand. You're a moron. Pay attention to what's going on around you. The committee's job is already done. I doubt there's anybody playing today who determines whether or not they get into the tournament. That's only the case if, let's say, Florida was playing in the SEC championship. Then what they do, they leave those three people behind, and on their board they put Florida slash whoever. If Florida wins, they're in. If they lose, they just erase Florida and the other team is in. They've admitted that. They've stated that publicly repeatedly over the last 15 years that Sunday games have nothing to do with the NCAA tournament. So, you know, Tennessee-Auburn, that, that's a big game. Oh, by the way, should I sing Rocky Top as I go off the air again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you if you saw it, Marcus, but the Tennessee Volunteers did beat the Kentucky Wildcats. Did you see that? No, I, I don't see it because I don't participate in college athletics buffoonery of forcing every game onto something you have to pay for. I wouldn't, there's, there's no college basketball game that I would subscribe to cable in order to be in order to watch. So okay. Then, Have you seen Zion play this year then? Oh, I've seen highlights of him, sure. Well, that, come on, Marcus. That's weak. You call him a punk kid. You hear his interviews. He sounds like a really good guy. And I feel like there's a certain time when people in their lifetime think that the generation of basketball that they watch is always better than the generation that's going on now. And you ref- reference Bill Walton and Kareem. you got to at least check into one of this kid's games and watch him play. I know it's a small sample size, but he looks like one of the most talented players ever, in my opinion. You should check out one well, of his games be. in the tournament. He could be. I mean, he could be. And I'm sure he'll be on TV during the tournament, right? Yep. Well, then I'll watch it, and we'll see how he is. Before we let you go, Marcus, I know you're a Red Sox fan. Baseball season's right around the corner. Well, it really is already baseball season. Are the Red Sox going to repeat? And how long has it been since a Major League Baseball team has repeated as World Series champions? Well, there have been none in the 21st century. Uh, So it was the late 1990s when the Yankees won it three years in a row. Other than that, I couldn't even begin to tell you. It was way, it was way back. Are the Red Sox going to uh, repeat? Are they going to win it again? No, no. They'll probably take the year off and finish third in the division and drink a lot of beer, and I couldn't care less. I'm like Dennis Leary. 
when the when the Red Sox won the won the World Series after 86 years in 2004, he said, "Okay, that's that. Now let's move on to the next thing. We'll give them a few years to recover." You know how they do this year. I, I don't think you're going to match winning 118 games in the World Series. Uh, to think otherwise is unrealistic, even though they still have top to bottom, hands down, no question, the best baseball roster in the major leagues. But there's, you know, there's, you can't help it. Very few people are enabled to just go, okay, let's hit the reset button and start over and, and do it all over again. People naturally relax after they achieve something as spectacular as winning the World Series. All right, great stuff as always, Marcus. We appreciate your call. We look forward to hearing from you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your weekend, Marcus. Thank you. Rocket top! <laughs> we are going to head to a break. We appreciate everyone tuning in to the Weekend Sports Buzz for Doc Parks, for Chris Embry, for Steve Driver. Google his name, Steve Driver. We will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 96.1 FM, 1450 AM, WXVW, the Big X. I want to thank our man, Dugan Ryan, for allowing us to be on the air each and every week. Going on over seven years now. Every single week, in this same time slot, I get to come in and kind of recap the week that was and preview the upcoming week in the world of sports. We've got great momentum Right now for the Weekend Sports Buzz, thanks to uh, Chris Embry and Doc Parks with the production staff. Uh, Our man Gary Love is part of the team. We also got, of course, Steve Driver. Uh, I I love it. It's absolutely therapeutic for me each and every week. The reason is is because Dugan really lets us talk about whatever the hell we want to. We want to talk about MMA uh, or boxing. That's fine. Basketball, obviously, is never out of season here in this area. NFL, there's always... Free agency, yeah. Uh, your Cleveland Browns appear yes. to be making some noise. Uh, Colin Coward, say what you will about him, but he's he's good at his job. Uh, but what he said was, teams don't ever win the Super Bowl when it, because of free agency, right? They don't win because of free agency. So the team that makes the biggest splash in free agency never, never then goes on to win the Super Bowl. Okay, well, you could argue that the OBJ, uh, Odell Beckham, was a trade and it has nothing to do with free agency. There have been two recent teams that have made a number of trades and made some flashy splashes. The the LA Rams have made, uh, you know, last year they went all in. They got Dante Fowler and Dominic and Sue, Brandon Cooks. And then the Philadelphia Eagles made some huge splashes when they um, won the Super Bowl over the Patriots. So, you know, did I like the OBJ trade? Hey, we're the Browns, right? Did, what's the answer? Did you? Uh, why not? You haven't, when's the last time they went to the playoffs? Why not, Kelly? What do you think of we're the Browns, Odell? Okay? What do you think of him? I worry about— You are a dancer yourself. What are your thoughts on his dance moves? I worry about him in the locker room a little bit, but um, he, he, from a dancing perspective, I, or? I think he's he's overly <laughs> passionate about the game, you know. And Eli isn't not a good quarterback anymore. Maybe if he goes to a team that's you know that's better or 
has a better chance of making the playoffs or making a run at the playoffs, you know. You're also very into fashion. Thoughts on Odell Beckham's fashion sense? Seriously. I don't keep he's up now, with He's now he's you're going to get a jersey of his, I assume. Will I get a jersey? Probably not. I don't I don't buy jerseys anymore. I saw two Browns games last year. Um I'll probably try to check out a game this year with all the you know, added players. They added some players on defense. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Odell Beckham's right up there as far as most popular Absolutely, faces yeah. and personalities in the NFL. Am I wrong? No. Colin Kaepernick obviously has um, surpassed in some ways some of the, the, the figures. But Odell Beckham Jr., as far as marketing goes, is as popular as anyone. No. He releases these vid- I don't know if you've seen it. He releases these videos of him and his male friends uh, doing, you know, what's to be seen as really choreographed dancing. It's How old is he? I mean, that's what all the kids are doing, right? <laughs> is that what all the kids are doing? Most of them. Choreographed dancing? Kelly, I told you last week to hop on the bandwagon. Before For the Browns. This, before this trade. I'll support now, the Browns. Now it's too, no, it's too late. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to be a Browns fan. I'm a lifelong Bengals hey, fan. It's too late, man. <laughs> it's too late. What? Are the Browns going to make the playoffs, did you say? They're projected by many right now to win the AFC North. Wow. Do you view it as, and uh, now they're going to fall apart? Yes, you do? I do. See, I view it similarly to how I view the Cincinnati uh, Reds. I kind of have that Cincinnati in, the Reds. My, in the back of my mind. Like, that they're uh, going to fall apart? This is a lot of mouths to feed. What's the difference between my Cincinnati Reds offseason acquisitions versus well, your the Browns, Browns offseason acquisitions? more talent. Is Yasiel Puig not as good as Odell uh, Beckham yeah, Jr.? Yeah, they don't match up. I mean, the Browns actually have a quarterback now. I know it's only one year, but he looks like he's going to be there for a while. What do you think of the fact that every time I think of Baker Mayfield, I think of that video where he was getting arrested, tries to run off, and gets tackled by a cop? Um, Thoughts? I think we've... <laughs> how old is he? Is he 21? Uh, yeah, that's... Oh, yeah, let me guess. That's what all those kids do. <laughs> right. You give me a break. I mean... <laughs> Uh, we were kids. 21. We were probably doing crazy things. Not right? me. Not me. <laughs> What's it say that a police officer never plays football can take down Baker Mayfield like uh, that? He plays though. for the Patriots now, actually. <laughs> but yikes. I, I honestly I never up. had an interaction with a cop where I then thought it was a good idea to run oh, off. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess you weren't a star football player either. Well, I was being hand- – yeah, true. So maybe, maybe had I been a star football player. him. I don't mind, in all seriousness, but I will always think of that. Yeah. The, the day and age of videos being around obviously has changed things so much, right? I have a 10-year-old and a 9-year-old, and if I need to give them advice, it's like, hey, man, back when I was a kid, I'm telling the truth, I could get away with doing some silly things. Yeah. You can't get away with that oh. quite as much because there will always be some guy out there who specifically associates you with <laughs> one thing if they see it. Yep. Yeah. But you know the news cycle so fast now that some stuff is forgotten about. I mean, people forget that, you know, Dwight Howard his whole fiasco, <laughs> Oh my goodness, you're right. Like, I did forget about that. You, you know what I mean? Like, Why have we not been talking about that every week? I don't but, even know which one. You but, don't know about Dwight Howard? But the news it came cycle, out that Dwight Howard is uh dates and is into transgendered people. I did not know that. Right, freedom, Steve? Freedom of choice, Kelly. But what I'm saying See, is the, you never the news know. cycle. You didn't hear about that at all? You never know. The news cycle nope, is so fast that people people tend to move on 
right? Forget. Basketball Hall of Fame, the NBA Hall of Fame really isn't anything to speak of, but he's certainly a Hall of Famer. You probably be in the Hall of Fame, yep. Doc, do you remember hearing about that story with Dwight Howard? Oh, yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Wow, sound like Doc was really into that story. <laughs> you get what I'm saying, Kelly? <laughs> oh, I do. You're, there's a point to be made for that, seriously. When that story came out that he had a game he missed earlier that week due to an injury. Yeah. I don't remember where the injury was attributed to. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, there was some very salacious details released about that story. We don't need to spend all show on it. I mean, do we? Maybe we could. Man. You really like <laughs> and he the missed entertainment. The I like the entertainment value. Sports. I come in here each Sunday to get all jazzed up and to try to, you know, enjoy some stories. I mean, Real boring sports. Who cares? They're, what? I, they're respectable, okay? In all seriousness, if somebody wins with a boring style in MMA or boxing, uh, like Ben Askren, in my opinion, he's entertaining off the away from the cage, so I like it. Um, for those of our listeners who are MMA fans, that's a guy who wins fights in a boring fashion. Very boring. He's a wrestler, okay? But he talks the talk and he does it in a very or Tyson Fury yeah. entertaining way. Tyson Fury, yeah. Although Tyson Fury's fight with Deontay Wilder, I would say that was anything but boring. That was the most exciting uh, storyline in the world, in my opinion. Any Floyd Mayweather fight in the past fifteen years? Great point. Yeah, Floyd yes. Mayweather fights. Other than when he he uh, punched Victor Ortiz slightly after the being yeah. separated, right? That was crazy. That was entertaining. But you're right, Floyd Mayweather's style. It's not Arturo Gatti and, and Mickey Ward. It's not just go out there and throw bombs. and It's not real entertaining unless you're just appreciating, look, he's winning. He's really good at winning. <laughs> I do like that. That's the thing. I, I think if, if somebody wins in a certain way, that's okay. Um, but winning is, is what your goal really, I would think, especially in combat sports. Your goal is, I need to keep winning. I've never lost or, you know. That's how I like it. So the Browns are projected to win the AFC North. Are they projected to win the AFC I read AFC it this morning that really? they're projected to win the AFC North, yes. I think people still think. I saw it on the, the internet, Steve. The Steelers are, are the favorites in my, in my eyes. Okay. Like, there can be a case to, to be made for they lost Antonio Brown. They don't have Bell. Man. Yep. Le'Veon Bell went to the Jets. Okay. <laughs> They lost their t- two of their biggest superstars, but what they still have is they still have Mike Tomlin. They have that, um, I guess, pedigree of just the Steelers. They do well. They just do well. They got a Dick LeBeau descendant as the defensive coordinator doing that 3-4 type hybrid defense. Okay, so as long uh, – <laughs> I'm a, a lifelong Bengals fan, but I respect the hell out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Right? Because what they have is they have continuity. People are bashing Tomlin right now. And they're sticking with them. So was it specifically the OBJ trade think that, that, a, that made you think, hey, this thing's going to fall apart? Before then, where you were like, eh, the Browns could be decent this year. And then they traded for Odell Beckham. And you're yeah, like, Odell Beckham, something about him, if I'm being honest, rubs me as just way too flashy. Yeah, he don't seem like well, his tantrums on a the very side of good the field teammate. Yeah. That's I mean, what bothers me. Right. Yeah. That doesn't normally, uh, unless you're the Patriots— Chris? Yeah. When has a diva receiver ever signed somewhere and they're like, oh, all of a sudden they're great? It just don't seem to ever work out. I don't know. Till Owens, uh, Chad Ochocinco. We're in an interesting era of wide receivers, okay? 
look at it uh, prior to guys like Tio and Chad Ochocinco, there wasn't a bunch of flash from that position, really. Since then, you know, we had the guy for Detroit uh, come and go. Uh, Calvin Johnson. Calvin Johnson retired. Uh, prema- some would say prematurely, mm-hmm. um, but as far as real superstar Julio Jones, superstar receivers of this era, who? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald, who who has turned into yeah, a, but a, Antonio Brown right now. Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, um, they're all top three. AJ right? Green, he's even up there. Yeah, AJ Green. But but it's almost as if those super flashy franchise type players at the wide receiver position are more common now than they were in the past. I would argue that the the reason that you've never seen super flashy uh, wide receivers um, win... Is you that, haven't. You really haven't. ...is because they're so expensive. And I think the Browns getting Odell Beckham um, on kind of a... Yeah, because he's looking to cheap. renegotiate. They're kind of getting he him is. on the cheap. Yeah, they're getting him on the cheap because the Giants signed him to that contract extension last year, and they've end up paying him a lot of the uh, contract already. So the Browns are getting him fairly cheap now. If he does a whole Le'Veon Bell sitting out because he wants more money, I mean that that could be a disaster. Refresh our listeners on the the Browns GM. Who who is he? Who or, 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 what what tree? Didn't he come John, from a tree? John Dorsey. Yeah. He, Drafted all the Kansas City uh, Chiefs players. <laughs> well, Steve was very ready for me to ask him that. No, I, I was listening to this, right, Chris? But, but yeah. one thing he about loves him, this guy. Golly, th- he you know he drafted Kareem Hunt and Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. One thing about him though is he doesn't take uh, character into account too much. I like that. Did you hear this recent news about Tyreek Hill? Yeah, a little oh, bit of it. Gosh, the news cycle thing that you referred to earlier. I'll tie that in. That's even coming and going. Everybody has stuff like that, right? Yeah. Kareem Hunt's back on on a team now. Yeah. A team. But um, Tyreek Hill looking into he, breaking his three-year-old son's arm. Mm. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. That's one thing that I, I you know, that's. <laughs> Jeez. That's bad. Yeah. Do you want him playing for your team? Tyreek Hill? Yeah. No, I mean, no. Not even if I'm the Chiefs. Once you start Adrian hurting. Peterson had something this like that. This is alleged. Right? Let's say alleged, okay? Adrian Peterson's the only other person yes. I can think of, yep. I think. Mm-hmm. Alleged. Jeez. His Be- was a little different, though. APs. Okay. It's still so. disturbing in, in my eyes. Yeah, it's still. you read the details of it, it was still a little st- disturbing. Didn't actually break any bones, right? No, yeah. but if you read the details, it's, it's disturbing. Child... Um, Roy Jones Jr. comes to mind. Athletes who are famous, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, his dad drove him to be great. But, you know, he beat the hell out of him. Yeah. That's Roy Jones Jr.'s dad. Kind of like, you know, Michael Jackson's dad, right? Golly, we could go off into a complete different direction with the Michael Jackson angle. (laughs) Um, I'll just say this. I'm comfortable for the – I know it sounds horrible. James Brown had some domestic violence. He's the theme song for our, our show. Yeah, yeah. It's not, but I mean, you know what I mean. It relate related to uh, Michael Jackson or any of the other comparisons. I'm okay with James Brown. It's yeah. not good to beat women. Obviously, I don't know what he had going on. He was wild. That was crazy. I I can. That's different than beating a kid or obviously anything else with a kid. Yeah, James Brown was no R. Kelly. Yeah. Do you see his interview where he got out of jail and they were they they started asking him and he looked like he was high and he keeps going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'm a lover. Starts talking about how he's a lover, and James Brown was wild. Oh, yeah. So the Browns. The Browns are are big expectations. They're kind of the storyline right now across the NFL because of this Dorsey, because of this, uh, the direction of the team, right? Yep. Uh, Would you agree that right now they're the focal point of the the media for the NFL? Yeah, along with maybe Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, yeah. The Raiders have a lot of expectations. They do, yep. Or or <laughs> the actual Raiders organization has <laughs> a lot of expectations. I've, what was that $100 million contract they gave? Uh, what were the details Gruden, of that? John Gruden, 10 years, $100 million. T- 10 years, $100 million. It might work. Uh, you guys have thoughts on John Gruden? Does he know what he's doing, or is he just hey, a crazy ca- uh, character? Cal makes like nine-something, doesn't he? Yeah. I think he's just a character, really. I mean, I don't, I don't think he's worth that money. That's crazy. Every single quarterback that Gruden plays against, there's videos out there of him going, this guy's the greatest. He shows up early. Remember? <laughs> he always does that for every single quarterback, right? Yeah. That was his spot in the booth. He could always go back to being in the booth. Oh, yeah. He's for made sure. good business decisions. We can agree John Gruden's an intelligent financial person, right? Yeah. Not the best coach, but not the best coach. It don't matter. His mystique apparently is worth a hundred million. <laughs> oh man, there's so many crazy uh, contracts out there. Not just coaches, some players. I mean, that are not worth the money they're paying them. Uh, it's getting a little crazy out there, and uh, you know if talking about money if college basketball was going to move toward paying players will the coaches salaries end up going down because i feel like some of the coaches salaries is so high wow it's because their recruiting budget they have to give a bunch of money under the table (laughs) i don't know i don't think that's a okay i i don't see the ncaa ever approving to actually pay players I don't see it. Maybe it's a little. So they, complicated. They already kind of do with the allowances for being a student. I think so. Maybe that'll increase just a little. I I would say, but I okay. But I do like the premise of the question. Where is the value? Because it does seem like college basketball. The one recurring thing that you know is that Kevin Keats is the coach for North Carolina State. You know the coaches before anyone else. In the NBA, it's it's reversed. Right. You're almost like, oh, who's the coach for the the Rockets? Are doing good. I forget what's their coach's name, but I can name five of their players. You know, the other thing, the the dirty side that people aren't talking about uh, was somebody from Kansas was on uh, FBI wiretaps talking about trying to pay for Zion Williamson. But he ends up going to Duke and not taking $200,000. But Duke wasn't paying him. Right. Come on, man. Nobody believes that. If, if You're not going to turn down $200,000 to go play free for Duke. So what does this mean for the state, the health of college basketball to you, Chris? It, and you, Doc. You guys, are, you guys are a part of the fan base that is as strong as any fan base in the sport. What are your thoughts on the state of college basketball? It, it's the most corrupt uh, institution in sports, I think. They had a pretty good year, though. It's <laughs> still exciting. I'll still tune in, but I agree. Oh, it Doc? is. <laughs> yeah. Doc? I agree completely. It's absolutely corrupt. I, I don't think it's uh, even a secret anymore. It's, it's not, not a secret. Everyone knows it. 
Yeah. It's kind of funny. You could almost start make jo- making jokes about it during co- if you're you're calling one of their games, being like, ah, well, wonder how much he got paid. Oops. I mean, it, uh, who cares? <laughs> what, what's your thought on the uh, the uh, college admission scandal that came out about these you know these famous people paying all this money and might be going to prison, and they were like beloved by so many people, and now they're ostracized. A lot of coaches involved in that. Yeah. And actors and actresses and man, I don't care if somebody comes up to me and tells me, or I went to Harvard. Okay, I will. That is interesting. I'll admit that's interesting. But that doesn't um, beyond the fact that I wouldn't mind hearing about such high academic institution a little bit. But that doesn't make me like that person more. Why do these stars care so much about where their kids go to school? But in the world of law and. The top 1%, that's a huge deal. It is. (laughs) That is the stepping stone to get into. Now, I don't want to get too political, but the deep state, a a, a bunch of the deep state come from these, you know, these Ivy League. It's a feeder system. If you're a lawyer and you say, you know, I went to Harvard, that's automatically, you're the cream of the crop. You're smarter. I know. I know. I'm just saying for me, for my that's not the type of stuff that I'm as impressed Yeah, we're about. not in that world, though, too. Right? So it's difficult for me to relate to that. I don't know. That doesn't – if somebody's like, hey, I went to Harvard, and then I get to know them, and they're, they're not really the best guy, maybe. It's not like I'm going to be like, oh, I'll still hang out with them. Yeah. Right? And right. I'm not saying I'm a saint or anything like that. I, I can't – it's difficult to wrap my head around wanting so much because how much money are they paying just to get their kids – into a school that some of them like over a million dollars. No, so, yeah, one of them was over five million. So just the entire college is a complete. It is uh, um, tax exempt business, which is crazy. It, it, it's such a huge business now. It's not about. We the should start a university. Um, you won't be accepted into the inner circle of universities, man. You don't know. We don't know. We yeah. start really hyping it up. You saying, don't know about our school. <laughs> you don't know about our school. <laughs> what would we teach at our school? What would be the you know, it'd just be like any other college. I mean, you just have any, to copy some other exact, like yeah, I don't know. Just say that one of the good schools, Indiana University. We just copy off exactly what they're doing. <laughs> I graduated from IU, two thousand seven IUS. Okay. Um, Same thing. And and it, they're interesting because they're big satellite schools. So there's a bunch of different uh, locations, and I did a lot of classes online. So I attended the uh, campus in New Albany. Often, but I, I a lot of my classes were taught out of Bloomington, and there's so many different satellite campuses. Um, the nature of, of college has, has certainly changed through the internet. Yeah, it's why I mean, I don't know. I, I think the uh, power of a college degree has diminished greatly. There's too many uh, degrees out there that are useless. They're just trying to get people in there to get the tuition. Come on, man. Basket weaving. All this crazy nonsense. That Steve they- just looked at me and did a little bit of a, a jump shot type motion. I think what he was trying to tell me is remind our listeners about your story where you played your son in one-on-one. Is that what you meant? Yeah. <laughs> My son is nine years old. I was over at the Northeast YMCA with him. Uh, just the other day, and he challenged me to basketball. He really, honestly thought he could beat me. Do okay. you really think that's what he thought that he? Could I beat do. You? Yeah. Okay. He's nine. I'll admit he's nine. He weighs like I'm a hundred pounds heavier than him. Okay. I'm one seventy seven. He's seventy seven. We talked about it this morning. 
Um, so I said, I'll beat you. I'll, you know, <laughs> you don't want anything to do with this. I told him in front of some random guy at the Y. <laughs> some guy watched the whole thing, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'll beat you. I'll beat you 24-0, I said. He said, no, you know, we played. I t- took it real serious, and I did. I beat him 24-0. Did you not let him get, like, a shot off? He, he said that he got one shot off. He got one, only one shot off, and it was a real deep three. I let him shoot a three where he was standing, like, at half court. Yeah. But I was guarding him at the very top. The majority of possessions, I just pick him off at the top of the key. Just, t- you know, a little bit of tap. I was getting low in a defensive stance, and I just really shut him down. So I won 24-0. You, you just crushed his, you know, he was wanting to get into basketball, and you just destroyed that. Or you made him better. Could have. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't see I contributed anything negative by kind of letting him know what's up. <laughs> Regardless of what direction it takes, right? Yeah. That's realistic. Don't bring that in. I'm not that bad. And you just there's some people if they're bigger, you know. I could walk around saying, Well, if I was seven one, three twenty, I could have played in the NBA for a long time like Shaq. And none of that matters. What matters is reality. Well, when you're old and needing his help and he's like, Don't you remember you beat me twenty four to nothing, I'm not gonna feed you now. <laughs> At what age do you think he'll be able to beat you? He, realistically, if he, if he keeps playing basketball as much as he is now, um, he'll be able to beat me, I'd say, at age uh, 18 or 19. If yeah. he gets into a routine where he's really playing a lot. And then you'll be what, like 51? Like I 52. did. What's that? You'll be 51, 52. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's how it'll work, right? For me, I played a lot of basketball. I'm 35 now. When I was between 13 and 23, I played a ton of basketball. Progressively, more and more, where I'd play a lot of three, four days a week, full-court basketball at the Northeast YMCA, and I got good. So I would think if he takes a similar path and maximizes his abilities, I'd say uh, 19 or 20. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I, you'd be 45, 46. That sounds reasonable. Okay. You don't think at if he starts playing basketball, starts playing every day or every other day like most kids around here do, you don't think at 15 years old he could take no, it? No, I okay. don't think so. I, I don't either. Yeah, I just don't. Because there's a physical aspect to the game, too. I can just back and, him down. Right. And you're, you're, pretty, you're pretty good, too. I'm okay. I mean, I don't actually play basketball at all right now in my routine, but I, I – and I'm not necessarily a lights-out shooter or anything like that. What I am good at is in one-on-one offensive rebounding. Well, you're just in better shape than everybody. Yeah, <laughs> if you're in real good shape, if you if you follow your shot in one-on-one, man, you kind of know where the ball's going, where yeah. it misses. You could go three, you know, you could make nine field goals but shoot it 50 times. What matters is, you know, boxing out. <laughs> Not many people are ready for an actual box out. Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have caller Blue is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Blue? Oh, do we drop? Okay, we, we, we lost Blue there. I love that he's calling in, though. That Blue, means he's listening. Back, man. Blue, what's Blue's take going to be? What's his thoughts right well, now? He's... If we have to predict what Blue's thoughts are, Chris, Doc, what, what Kentucky's is Kentucky's three-point shooting and Calipari's overrated. Tell us about Kentucky's three-point shooting. What is he going to say? Um, I don't know. He's probably really mad that uh, Jamal Baker didn't get a shot. No, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I look. saw Reed Travis hit a three. Maybe they just started letting him jack it, jack it up a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, he can hit them. But, uh, no, I think Kentucky's going to be fine. Uh, they, I, I expected them to win yesterday. They didn't do it. 
they better get into uh you know ready to for these games that are coming up it's going to be tough blue if you're still out there we would love to hear from you before the end of the show um all eyes right now on Kentucky. The expectations for the state. I said this to my uh, buddy a couple days ago. I said, to be honest, for the sake of my show and everything, I hope Kentucky goes on and wins it. I do. I really do. And if that happens. You know, I don't entirely, entirely believe that. Did I? You don't believe that I want that? Yeah. I could see you want, wanting them to go deep in the tournament. But, but la- losing the last all, second. I think you're lying to me. <laughs> Be honest with you. You think I'm lying to myself? You, you so okay. You want they, them to may, win I, it all? I may be, I may be lying to myself. I don't know if I'm lying to myself. You like Is that to what see you're go deep in the tournament? I'm a, you're saying I'm, I'm unaware that I'm lying? Yes. Okay. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm unaware that I'm lying. <laughs> I, I do believe that you would like to see him go deep into the tournament, but, but lose but I don't like think, in the final game or something. I, I just don't think that you want to see him win it all. So, who is your projection? Steve, I told you um, for to win it all. I'll take North Carolina. Okay, I do. I I like the deep teams, Kentucky, North Carolina. I'm not saying that Duke's going to lose early, but I think they had no points off the bench yesterday. It's very, very. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Zion's the best player I've seen in some time. I think Marcus but, Bowden's still hurt. Um, so yeah. somebody with a strong interior defense. Uh, can give Duke a tough time. Yeah. But uh, I'm staying with Kentucky, obviously. I'll I'll preface my prediction with, the state of Kentucky is great for college basketball. Kentucky's great. Louisville's great, historically. If you have to give the edge to either, it would definitely be Kentucky's better than, uh, historically, a, a more substantial program for the state, right? So I really do. If they win it, I mean, it would be cool if I got to choose. I would say Louisville go ahead and win it. Yeah, because I've watched them more. I've attended more of their games, but that doesn't mean that. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. I don't think that's very realistic. The Louisville Combat Academy buzz line is five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. We're going to head to the buzz line now, where we have our man Blue is on the line with us. How are you this morning, Blue? I'm doing really good, Kelly. Hey, I was not going to talk about Calipari's lack of coaching abilities and things you don't instill in the game. I wasn't going to talk about Jamal Baker, none of that. I was going to comment on some of the things I heard uh, the caller just <laughs> downing Zion Williamson. Hey, 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 let me just get to the point. Hey, Kelly, if, if you got car trouble, would you take your car to a beautician? Uh, my point is, uh, listen to the coaches that have to coach against this guy, Zion. Listen to the players that talk about him, man. That's how you get the real idea of what a player is like. You're going to get opinions from fans because they hate or they don't do the things that other players that they like don't, don't do. That's ridiculous, man. This guy, I'm 67 years old, man. I've seen a lot of basketball. I'm Chamberlain days. Uh, uh, Russell days, man, they're all great. That's why I never get into, into comparing. They're all great players. Zion Wilson is also a great player. I mean, this, this young man does things, man, that wow, that makes you say wow to yourself, you know. I mean, he's awesome, man. He, even the, the coach last night for Florida State, I can't know his name, he said, this, and he's seen a lot of games, too. This guy is special, man. He really is. The way he impacts the game, Kelly, and, 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 and the things he does, helps his teammates out. I mean, he, he, hey, he's one of the best players I've ever seen in my life, i tell you that. I agree with that. Yeah, difficult to argue with you. I appreciate the perspective, too. I always like the the ages of our callers. And, Blue, you've said it before. Um, 
You've been watching basketball for a long time. Long time, man. I really have, man. I, I love the game, man. You have to talk to people that that that, that, that really know, you know, about the game personally. Coaches know, the players know. You know, that you won't get one player to badmouth that young man. They say he's special, man. This guy, this guy's unreal, man. He won't have the same impact in the NBA because he's got to adjust his game to the NBA level, man. This guy is special, believe me. Uh, Jabbar had a half hook shot. Bill Walton had had a hook shot. You never saw saw those players take the ball down court, one end of court, and dunk it and do all they can. This this guy does it. Different generation of players, man. This guy's super, man. He really is. Uh, uh, I'm not surprised. Can take it off the game last night. I'm not surprised. I'm not. Eight point lead with what, what two minutes ago. To the, and, and, and where are you greatest shooter, Cows? Where are you, where are greatest shoes at? Where are they? <laughs> Listen to the coaches that beat Kentucky, man. I swear. Uh, the LSU coach said, oh, we just throw up a zone. Just throw up a zone. <laughs> That's their weakness. But Calipari says, this is his special, this is his favorite shooting team. Like, come on. And, and y'all believe that? Can't y'all see it? Just because Cal says it? Come on, fellas. And, and they won't go anywhere in the tournament, man. I'm a Kentucky fan first. I just speak it like it is. They, they're not going anywhere, man. And, and Tyler Hero, I remain to say he is the best player on the team. Kellen Johnson out there flexing like an incredible hook. I didn't see nothing after the game. <laughs> come on. And, and P.J. Washington rolling your eyes. Come on, man. Do it after the game's over. They, they look like little puppies after the game was over. Yeah. Come on, man. Hey, I'm excited about, the, about this evening, man. So enjoy your show, Kelly. Great stuff, as always, from our man Blue. I love it. Hey, Keldon Johnson does celebrate more than any other player I've ever seen after big donks or – Yeah, <clears throat> him and P.J. Washington Yeah, do really. Um, I know like they just if, won it all. <laughs> if he wasn't on my team, I'd probably not like the guy. But, I mean, P.J. Washington has turned his game around big time. He he's has. a lot better. And he's moved up the, the, the draft boards. Yeah. Time. Kelton Johnson didn't live up to the exact uh, hype that I thought he would. I you mean, did he, predict before the season he'd be their best player. Yeah, and um, they'd win the title. And I think now um, it's between PJ Washington and uh, Tyler Hero as the best player. So, uh, but you know, um, the, the flexing that Kelton Johnson has been doing and, and celebrating has not impressed Blue. Yeah. I, what about you though, Kelly? I mean. Do you, you, I I do think you look silly if you do that all the time. Yeah. When it's warranted, you know. Right. Uh-huh. I do think I, I, I'll say that I'll err on the side of. Now, occasionally Montrez Harrell would do that. Yeah. Right. That's and right. he still does. Um, <clears throat> I heard him on Jim Rome this past week. Um, I don't know. It doesn't mean that I dislike you. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I I wouldn't. If you I mean, know, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't cho- probably choose to do that. It's like when Antoine Walker used to do the wiggle, the right? Cybertron. Yeah, I mean, people didn't like that either. I, Mark Jackson would do that. Yeah, historically, a lot of people would do that. It is entertainment value, right? Yeah. So, uh, what do you think about Jay Williams? Did you see the play where Zion got tripped? Yeah. And, and Jay, uh, Jay Williams said that has no place in the game, but <clears throat> there is a audio clip of him saying when um, uh, Grayson, Allen. Grayson Allen was tripping people that uh, oh, he said he loved it and uh, it, it played into his villain role or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they, look, <laughs> I, I mean, he went to Duke. Grayson's a Duke. Yeah. I, I do think they're a little bit different. It is Zion's first game back from injury and – yeah, you don't want to try Grayson to kind of, Grayson's kind of looked like in the heat of the battle. Yeah, he did it a lot, and it looked cheap. Yeah. Do you think Grayson's right. looked like the heat of the battle every well, time? I, I mean, 
I thought the what about Draymond the Green's? Syracuse players looked at just a little bit more, uh, you know, sinister to me. Well, this this he just coming off a big knee injury, first game back. And... Right. What do you guys think of Jay Williams? Um, I think he's one of the best college players I've ever seen play too. Yeah. I, mean, I don't. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't listen to him. He was very cocky. Announced the game. What do you much. mean? He, what do you mean he was cocky? When he played, he done a lot of really shady stuff. Uh, he would. You know, when you dribble the ball out, when you're about to win the game, when there's only seconds left, I remember Jay Williams like doing this fake thing, like he was trying to drive on this guy. And he was drafted real high. I think he had a he was his stock was real high coming out of yeah. Duke. And then he got on what that scooter and motorcycle, yeah, motorcycle, yeah. Um, I read a, an interesting. I've read a few times um, details about he, how he would overcome. He overcame pain pill addiction oh, okay. uh, after his playing career ended, and and it sounds the the way he's handled that and talked about it and stuff, you know, sounds admirable. Yeah, but I know that he, you know, anytime you have a Dookie, do you feel Dookies get too much run? Oh yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Yeah, ESPN. What a question for a Kentucky fan. But do you feel but Dookies get time, too much run? I mean, they're gonna do the Zion stuff, right? Oh, I, any it's carrying the college basketball season. Yeah, if he ESPN. was in Kentucky, anywhere he he would be at, he would get that attention. Most definitely, I, I agree. Yeah. Doc, you think Dukies get too much run? Of course, but <laughs> I also think that a lot of people feel the same way about Kentucky. So, yeah, I understand these sentiments. Wow, you guys are very rational, Kentucky fans. With your uh, Kentucky got a uh, commitment. Two Friday night. Tell us about it. Keon Brooks came down to uh, Indiana and Kentucky, and Indiana's going to the NIT, so he committed to Kentucky. No, I, that's the way I see it. I mean, uh, Indiana's a team that's on the slide. Uh, they, they're they not doing anything. So, yeah, I mean, he committed to Kentucky. Looks like a pretty good player. But uh, Is it look like Kentucky will come in at, like, number two in recruiting again? Is that kind of where they're set at? Going forward, Duke. Yeah. To, to stay with the Duke theme, uh, can, Coach K and Duke, they've moved to the number one spot. Kentucky will come in at number two, but you'll be happy with that. Well, I mean, it's not done yet. Um, there's no telling who's going to be. Kentucky has been one or two every year John Calipari has been coaching there. So, That's wild. So, who else is in the running? Arizona Arizona's has done real well. class coming in, yeah. Kansas does pretty good year in, year out. But, I mean,. Yeah, but now they've got the FBI on their tail. So who does Kansas? Well, so does Arizona, and so does Arizona. What Arizona's? I think has the number one class coming out. Why does Kentucky not? They're just Sandy. They're just smarter than anyone else. Well, they're a Nike team. They've got pretty good runners to run that money. I guess I don't know. Nike schools Maybe are just way better. Maybe they're not doing it, Kelly. <laughs> I mean, don't I, you think? Why if, are you so confident that they do? Maybe. Because everyone else is. I, Kentucky could have outbid Duke everyone else. Right? Maybe, maybe they don't. Kentucky could have outpaid Duke for Zion, but they didn't, right? So there is something. I'm not, we don't know that anybody paid him. You're I mean, right. We don't. I we don't know. You're right. I don't know. I, I know he was offered money and he didn't take that. So I yeah. guess he's a choir boy. I don't know, man. He's like, no thanks. I, yeah. I don't. I don't like money. Right. He could have said I, he didn't like money. I'd said, rather play we don't know. He may have said Duke, it. What's, I'd rather play for Duke for free. Yeah, right. I don't I'll yeah. be here one year, and then I'll make tons of money in the NBA. Mm-hmm. He sounds like a good kid. Are you, you guys really ragged on him this show. I'm disappointed in you guys. 
Who, Zion? Uh, great, everybody great in the room. Player. I'm just putting no. everybody in the room. What Marcus really wasn't high on him. Yeah, I know. But Marcus wasn't high on Anthony Davis either. <laughs> right? And yeah. he doesn't watch the games either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Cable, that's fair. Cable's too high, I guess, for him. He don't. He's, he's, it sounds like he watches some games. Go to go to a sports bar to watch it. You don't have to pay if you're that cheap. Marcus, come on now. You can... Things to between now and next Sunday. What kind? What kind of action is there going to be? A, a, a Cinderella story. We have that to look forward to. Um, we appreciate you tuning into the weekend sports buzz. Thanks to Chewy. Our crew this morning was Doc Parks, Chris Embry, Steve Driver. Google him. We appreciate you tuning in. Be sure to join us next Sunday. We'll be back with more of the weekend sports buzz.